Welcome, dear listener, <laughs> to this very special episode, this seasonal episode. And I shan't say which season, but just a season. We wish you happy holidays. And we thought that this would be a very special episode. She's dancing and I'm going to fucking... Is that expressive dance? Is that sort of... I was singing. Dance? You were I singing. I was silently singing. What were you silently singing? I was silently singing the worst Christmas song ever because do they know it's Christmas time at all in Africa is the worst song because it's so patronizing, it's so colonial, it's so racist in its effect, and it's so many things, but it's always just on the airwaves over Christmas, and I hate it so much, but I was mock singing along to it, because you were like, what time is it? And I was like, it's Christmas time. So Hello, are you going to do- <laughs> Hello, Josephine. <laughs> hey, would you like me to do it? Hello, and welcome... <laughs> Hello, dear listener. We're starting this again (laughs) because we did it once and we ended up ranting because it's 2020. But since it is 2020 and the end of 2020, I'd like to welcome you to It Is Complicated, the podcast where we answer every single question with It Is Complicated, including the name of the podcast, which is It Is Complicated for the end of 2020. Dear Dr. J, how, why, what and when are you? I'm at the end of 2020. I'm at the end of my tether. I'm living in a, it's not even post-apocalyptic. We're still in the midst of the fucking apocalypse. I'm now going to find out what the Latin prefix for in-apocalypse is. Because it's always the story is pre-apocalypse or post-apocalypse. What's during apocalypse? Because it, that's essentially where we are. Well, Josephine Hunt sat down. I shall do my intro. Hey, I'm Dr. J. I use they as a pronoun. I gave myself the job title Harbinger of Change because I still work at the same company this year, which is amazing. I also got to give myself my own gender, which is transgressive, non-binary, genderqueer. Thank you, the New Zealand government, who allowed me to write a statutory declaration, which is an official document that says my actual gender is transgressive, non-binary, genderqueer, and I have an X upon at least any passport that will allow me to have an X upon it. British government, please catch up. Oh no, you're far too busy discussing what toilet I can go into with this whole GRA bollocks rather than actual things that make a real difference to people's lives, like being able to have your gender represented on official documentation. But anyway, in case you didn't tell, I'm a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because I'm fucking annoying. Hey, you seem animated today. I imagine you have feelings about the current (laughs) state of things. Here's the thing, dear listener. Normally, we tend to record in advance. Some of the episodes you will have heard recently in the last, well, we've done about 30 now. So it's been more than half a year. You will have heard episodes that were recorded several months in advance. Today, you're hearing an episode that was recorded about six or seven days in advance. So you're going to get some. (laughs) If we make it that far, is that what you mean, Jay? (laughs) <laughs> so there are things happening and there are feelings occurring. And as such, you may see the impact of that <laughs> in our conversation. Now, we had planned to do a fun episode where we would answer random questions, but I get the impression we may occasionally go off on a tangent. <laughs> so, Josephine, after pointing out that I've gone off on yet another quick journey, would you like to tell us 
Who, what, why, and when are you? I will tell you that right after I give you a lecture on Latin and English language. <laughs> because I'm not the only one going on journeys here. No, you're about to go on a journey, dear listener. And the prefix pre and post are well known, but what is during? So if you're... Intra. Ups, intra, correct. Well done, Dr. J. Points to you, intra. Intra is one of the options anyway. There are a couple of others, but yes, intra is definitely one of them. Peri was offered as well as an alternative, mm -hmm. but intra or yes, peri. Um, <laughs> hello, my name is Josephine Baird. I am a scholar, activist, and artist who is still getting used to her introduction because it has recently changed. I like to make a spectacle of myself. Previously, that was upon the stage. And now it's more in the kin of drawing queers and putting them on the internet. And I like to think of myself as a queer without portfolio, but I have a job, so I can't. What about... Oh, no, I'm going to borrow one from the fabulous Eddie Izzard, who just today came out with her change in pronoun. I'm going to borrow Eddie Izzard's wonderful phrase. I like to think of myself as an executive trans person. I like it. Dear listener... One of the things that I did when I became a performative queer was that I studied extensively. And by studied extensively, I mean sat in my room and watched endless tapes. And it was tapes because I'm that old. VHS tapes of Eddie Izzard doing routines about all manner of things, including being trans. And I adored them because they were one of the few representations of trans people in the media and she was talking about being seen as scary, as being seen as other, as being subject to abuse. And one of the things that I liked was that she would often respond to that with humor and kindness and mirth. And it really was formative for me. So in part, I used to imitate her approach to comedy because it was fun. And also I felt like I was paying homage rather than just ripping off. And also because I just loved her view on things and making things funny that were often tremendously traumatic. So for now, for today, I shall say, hi, my name is Justin Baird. I like to think of myself as an executive trans person. Um, I love it. I think it also fits your dress style. It fits your approach. And I know your love of Eddie Izzard is somebody who riffs and who improvs all the time. Yes. Actually, we're going to do quite an improv based episode because Jay has found a fabulous random question generator that we were thought would be fun for the season. So I shall press start to begin. Right before we start, may I say that I believe that the goal of today's episode is to prove that every single thing that could possibly be thrown at us can have the answer. It is complicated. And I shall be impressed if we can answer any of the questions simply. Where would you live if you could live anywhere? Well, that's a complicated... <laughs> Absolutely. Like, so I live in the centre of London because I love the culture and the vibrancy and everything of the centre of London. Now, having been in lockdown for nearly a year now and working and living in the same room literally 24-7, do I regret this choice? Fuck no. When this ends, I'm still in the centre of London and I'm going to be able to go out there and see all of the culture and meet all of the people and go to all of the clubs and hug every poor bastard who runs along who I happen to even vaguely know but I also adore New Zealand where I grew up and I adore the spaces there but the spaces there 
uh, spaces that I think of fondly, that I imagine fondly, that I took photographs of. And I have many photographs of those spaces around, but they're always devoid of people. They're always devoid of animals. They're always devoid of life. And there's a lot there about the trappedness and the enclosure of those spaces that comes through in my photos. So if I could live anywhere, where would I live? I would probably live where I am now. Would I like to continue living here in the midst of a lockdown? I'm probably going to have to do another year in this house. Yes, of course I would. But I'm probably going to have redecorated the art walls multiple times during that time. So Josephine, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? That's really nice. I really like that. That's sort of like living exactly where you are, but having a sense that it's moldable and not immutable is, is kind of fabulous. I'm living in a place dear listener, that I could never have imagined I ever would be, which is to say a home with many family members who I never expected to be in my life, could never have imagined would come into my life, some quite unexpected and quite fabulous and more than I could ever have hoped for. The expression, this is more than I could ever have wished for, rings very true to me because I could never have wished for the circumstance that I'm in because I grew up not quite imagining that I could ever get to the place where I am now. So I could never have wished for this because I could never have envisioned it being possible. I have tremendous connections, one of whom I'm speaking to right now. The others I happen to live with in a stunning environment doing some of the things I could never have imagined doing. I would like to move some of the people who I love dearly much closer (laughs) physically. So Jay, you're going to have to move here. Sorry. No, Uh, you're going to have to move closer to London. No, no, no. Your your feelings. You can go back to live in Chisholm. No, your feelings do not matter. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is all about me. No, I do miss the people in London because dear listener, what happened was I moved. I used to live in London. That's how I know Jay. And I spent a tremendous amount of time there believing it was the only city really for me. It was the city where I made connections with other queer people. It was the city that I came out in. It's the city that I learned a great deal in. And at the time, could never have imagined leaving. And I got to a point where I think I was confident enough that I could even consider leaving. That if I hadn't been as confident, had I not had a strong connection, had I not had a queer family the way that I did, I would never have believed that I could leave because I would have had that sense of insecurity. They gave me that strength and that confidence to go for something else. I have been through many ups and downs coming to Sweden, but right now I must admit, I think I'm in a place I could never have imagined. I wouldn't mind some of you closer. I totally understand. And no, I'm not moving any closer, but um, (laughs) next question. Jay, I am really enjoying this. How much do you agree that there is one law for the rich and another for for the poor? Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. One law for the rich and and another for the poor. No, I disagree. You disagree? disagree? I disagree. And here's why. There is one law for the rich. Because all laws are for the rich. Oh, Yes. Let's be truly anarchist. Would you like me to ask another one? Okay. No, because these are great. They're really easy. (laughs) Okay. Oh, here's one that's not. 
How do you think the internet might develop in the future? Badly. I think it's going to, well, I think it's going to fracture. I think the extra stateness of, and I don't know the right word, so Josephine will probably go and find it, but the fact that there are four technology companies that are larger than most of the economies in the world, Google, Facebook, Apple, and Microsoft, and they control so much of the internet. Like the choices in cloud hosting is Google, Amazon or Microsoft. Those are your th- effectively your three choices in, in cloud hosting, which is such a small market. It means that there's so much fracturing. If my ISP decides that they will preferentially serve me Google hosted stuff over anything else, that's going to completely change the internet. So yeah, I think there's a real chance of it fragmenting and becoming what it was never designed to be. I mean, Tim Berners-Lee had this whole, this is for everybody. I, I think that's already happened. I think, and not to be pessimistic, but I really do think that's already happened. However, because I'm not a pessimist, despite what I might sound like, weirdly enough to listen, if you've known me for any amount of time, you will find out that I'm bizarrely optimistic. And one of the things that I do believe in is that people are able to subvert systems. The internet has become the system, whereas it was supposed to be the response to the system. It was supposed to be, as Jay rightly said, for everyone. And it is not for everyone. So what is the response? Well, to develop the technology beyond what it has become, to become something else, to fracture that system, to queer the system. And I do believe that it's possible. And I do believe it happens. So I don't know, maybe. The close relationship between internet companies, these large internet conglomerates, these these companies that through their acquisitions control so much of who we can talk to, how we can talk to them, how we can interact, and their interactions with governments. That is key to how the internet will continue to structure. I think the EU has it right and will be able to force these large companies into breaking themselves up into smaller companies, very much like AT&T came out of the large conglomerate of Bell Laboratories in the US. Yes, Josephine, I did just keep on talking about this in a very nuanced and complicated way. Next Um, question. Next question. (laughs) Oh, here's a good one. Go on. Were any of your teachers a bit strange? Were any of my teachers not a bit strange? would be a better question i was gonna say mine was in the 80s in new zealand i mean if you were in teaching at that time you were i wouldn't say not normal but you'd made life choices (laughs) (laughs) i have to turn the mic off because i was coughing for a sec jesus christ I was going to say something sensible, like, mm, yes, not normal for a given value of normal, but Jay came up with an even better one. You've made, quote, life choices, which Josephine, the transcriber, is going to transcribe as, quote, life choices. Now, I'm sorry to any of my teachers that I'm sitting here going, I'm trying to think of any lovely teachers that I can recall, and I sit in silence. A, I don't have that good of memory, but also B, school was fucking traumatic. School is traumatic when you're different. School is traumatic when your difference is that you stutter and you're anxious. Being queer and having grown up, I have experienced that as well. I consider myself lucky for being still here, 
in many ways. And one of them is for surviving school, an experience that I should not want to experience again. Whether there were good teachers or bad does not matter when the system itself is so broken. And you don't have to look much farther than the British educational system to find a broken system that will turn even the best teachers into not that. I do remember the occasional good teacher, but honestly, I think that was in spite of the system and not because of it. I think this brings up the problem with these kind of question generators Mm. is that they've got a very normative bent to them and Mm. they make the assumption that you can go through school not traumatized. And I think if you grow up different, you grow up with school being a trauma. I think the difficulty with us is that we believe that this episode might be jaunty and silly and perhaps we presented it as such. I might have to edit it in a different way because I think there is a whole episode on this that we could do on school and school experience. And I almost like to do that at some point, but perhaps when I'm Not less, today. Yeah, when I'm less susceptible to yeah, deep sighs. Dear listener, if you've never seen the link that we put in our episodes for the transcripts, I do those as well. And I try to put in every single nuance I can into the written text form of these episodes. And it's quite tricky because I really want to convey more than just the words. So occasionally you'll see bracket, sigh, bracket, dot, 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 as an attempt to explain what this noise is. (sighs) Dot, 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 fuck, full stop. Yeah, comma. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Because that's my response to this. Now, I know what the next question is because I just pressed on it. And this is going to be one of those ones of, okay, what would you like to see less of in the news? Josephine of the Future here. I've had to reduce the volume of the next five seconds because I didn't want to burst your eardrums. (laughs) (laughs) of fucking Boris Johnson and fucking Brexit and this fucking we're following the science but two weeks later than the fucking science Josephine of the future here again this next bit too Ah! speaking of transcripts I'm now going to have to translate that (laughs) (laughs) I love the way it's just like Jay roars with laughter is just going to be or Jay cackles with laughter there's a macro for that (laughs) there is i have six keys right here on the side of my very very fancy keyboard just for that and one of them says jay roars with laughter yeah (laughs) it's g6 on my keyboard (laughs) which is really funny because sometimes when i'm typing really quickly in other arenas of my life i've forgotten to turn off the macros so occasionally (laughs) in the middle of some other text g6 gets tapped So, yes, I'm sorry for anyone who's just followed it. Yes, today is the day when it was just announced that we're going into tier fucking four. What is tier fucking four? We just invented it yesterday. Tier fucking four is almost a complete lockdown. But no, you can still go to work and you can still go to education and essential shops will be open, but not non-essential shops. It's just a crazy, crazy mix of stuff that is now going to affect something like 10 million people within the UK. But we invented it yesterday, despite knowing about this for two weeks. But anyway, that's just a mere aside on top of the Brexit shitstorm that's about to hit us. 
because yes, that's been a smooth transition, yeah, hasn't it? We didn't think to go in and go, hey, there's this whole pandemic thing. Do you think we could get another extension of maybe two or three years? Well, we finish this fucking pandemic and then we can deal with this political nightmare. Oh, no, we'll deal with them both at once because our economy's strong enough to deal with that side of things. So what would I like to see less of in the news? Less of ideology, right-wing nationalism driven by cis white men who all went to the same fucking school because they can all fuck off and die. Well, I don't know if I can add to that. (laughs) (laughs) And less of JK fucking rolling. Less of Jesus fucking Karen. No, no, she's not in the news that often, if at all. She's just on my Twitter feed occasionally. Jay, do you want to carry on, or is this becoming something where we're actually not necessarily... This is supposed to be the jovial episode. This is jovial! I believe you, Jay. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Backing away. Backing away. <laughs> oh, oh, is this me being a bit intense, is it? <laughs> so, dear listeners, I was told earlier in the week that even when I think I'm not being intense, I can still be incredibly intense. Because I think I'm used to this style of conversation and this style of suddenly going off and going on a rant, which apparently is less normative than I believed. Normative for a given value. Value of normal. Yeah, normal for a given value of normal. Anyway, Josephine, what would you like to see less of in the news? Um, see above. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's actually really good and a, a little bit more jovial. Have you ever cried watching a movie? Fuck yeah. Of course. Depends on the movie. I mean, if it's the first five minutes of Up. Agreed. Up is traumatizing to watch. Right. Next question. Yes. How often do you go to the cinema? Well, in this year of 2020. Go fuck yourself, random question generator. (laughs) Yeah. You've got absolutely no fucking clue of what's going on in our lives. Yeah. All right. Hit me with another question, Dr. J. Okay. Cinemas. (laughs) Shit. What is the nicest car you've ever travelled in? Yeah, See, Dr. what do they mean by nice? Dr. J's car. Yeah. I was going to say, my little car is pretty your cool. Your car, your car is great. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely no context whatsoever for our listeners. Yes. Dr. And Dr. I'm not car. even going to tell people what car I drive because that's No, you shouldn't because that's not, but it's also not the point. The best yeah. car is the car, car. In which you drove me many, many times when we had lovely conversations which basically were practiced for this podcast and also was opportunity to spend time yeah with yeah Ken. and undoubtedly when i make it to you you will drive me around because i don't really drive on the other side see that sounds like a euphemism that i can make but fun it's of, not. But it's, i know it's not it's not the case yes i shall drive you places when you're here okay i don't believe my car is quite as fancy as yours as in mine is a fiberglass bit of white plastic. My car is essentially a Tonka toy. It is. It's adorable. Here's an interesting one. Go for it. What is your favorite item of furniture? Okay, we have to go with PG rated. <laughs> no, because it's our podcast. When has uh, this podcast ever not been R rated? I mean, every single episode. Does this podcast we explain have not, it? We have not talked about things that I would consider R-rated. Yes, we've screamed obscenities at each other and for each other and at other people, sure. But I don't believe we've gone into any detail that would necessarily, other than the language you use, lead to an R-rating. 
we've tried, I know, but never succeeded. <laughs> What's your favorite bit of furniture, Jay? I don't have one. I have a sofa, an armchair, and a desk chair in my lounge. And I sit between those three spaces, so I can't have a favorite. Because, like, if I'm working, I'm at the desk chair. And if I'm relaxing, I'm in either the armchair where I read or the sofa where I watch the telly. They're practical. I've been very much in the same situation as you, Jay, right up until quite recently, where basically every piece of furniture I have was bought out of pure necessity and not out of any other requirement. In fact, right up until I moved here, I I think I'd bought exactly one piece of furniture that didn't either come off the street, quite literally, because I used to live in London in a certain area where people put out furniture on the sidewalk and that's where you got your furniture, or was inherited by someone else. Here in Sweden, I actually found that in the last couple of years, I bought furniture to function more than merely like I need something to sleep on and occasionally something to sit on. And we have the good fortune to have two armchairs that sit opposite each other right by a window with a small circular table that we bought from a charity store. Those two armchairs are completely ubiquitous to the point that they come from Ikea. So they are completely ubiquitous. And yet they face each other over this little table that we both bought from the secondhand store. And the only point of those two chairs is to look at each other and have a conversation and serve no other practical purpose. And as such, probably my favorite pieces of furniture in the house. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Um, here's another one. Will people still carry cash in 20 years? Not in the same way, anyway. I think, and I'm going to show Jay a coin. I have a particular fascination of heavy coins as a fidget object to deal with my particular ticks that come with being neuronormative. I have a particular joy for this. And the coin that I'm currently fidgeting with is a replica of a coin from John Wick. These coins are tokens. They don't have a particular monetary value. They have regular currency in that particular fictional world, but they also have these coins, which are more sort of symbols of worth. And I, being autistic, have thought about what money actually is and how completely ridiculous a notion it is, because what is money other than just merely presumed worth? It's just... Okay. The thing about money that I find so fascinating is that it means absolutely nothing. Money is merely a concept, a bad one at that, that has absolutely no inherent value other than what we give it. And yet we treat it with such reverence, this international set of rules that apply to this notion of money that somehow seems to make it consistent. And yet money is just thought, it's belief. So carrying money, the concept itself is completely ludicrous. And now I've gone into philosophy 101. And I've turned into Josephine of 20 years ago. So I apologize. I'm going to fidget with this gold coin, which I find particularly satisfying and believe that things like this will almost always carry a certain set of values. So there'll always be tokens that people will carry. I mean, shit, I haven't used cash at all for much of this year. Here in the UK, since lockdown, I haven't ever managed to go get cash from the cash machine. I think once to pay my hairdresser. Well, here they they actually actively ask you not to carry cash because of COVID. COVID. By turning cash into literal ones and zeros, it shows how literally meaningless it is. 
even more so than bits of paper that say, I promise to pay the bearer X number of gold nuggets from the bank, which does not have that. It's ridiculous. The notion itself is absurd. Well, we walked away from the gold standard how many years ago? Well, the gold, and, and that's absurd too. Gold, I mean, sorry, this, is, this might be an autistic mind at work. Gold, why on earth would you take shiny, shiny composite metal rock things that you dig out of the ground and say, this is worth more than everything else in the world? It's absolutely absurd. Why? Other than now, other than its actual use in terms of electronics, which I think is actually useful. It was used because it was shiny. It was relatively rare. It was, but it could be worked into beautiful things. And it was its working into beautiful things that did not tarnish, that did not decay. So unlike silver, which tarnishes, and unlike brass and other metals, which tarnish gold, retains its luster, retains its shape. So, yeah, that's so, absurd. If you if you worked as a maid as I have and have clean silver and brass, you know that that does not necessarily have to be the way. And of course, that brings in notions of class. And dear God, everything sucks. Then I think we end it there because this will only get worse. Our questions will only get more absurd. These are supposed to be lighthearted conversation starters, and we have proven we are no fun. Well, no, we have proven that lighthearted conversation starters are complicated. Now, lighthearted moment. <clears throat> In a few days, dear listener, <laughs> it's not going to be 2020 anymore. 2020 has been horrific to everyone, and I don't think that's news to say that. However, it has given us one thing. More specifically, I mean, it has given Jay and I us something, mm-hmm. which has been this podcast, and it has been an absolute delight. And really truly special to me the fact that people listen to this the fact that you've found some worth in it even episodes like this which are going to be fun to edit has been incredibly moving and touching on a genuinely human level so all I can say is thank you very much for listening this year it's been about six months more than yeah on episode 30 so that's amazing to me it has also meant a lot of very fun conversations, a lot of laughing with Jay, a lot of talking with other people who happen to listen to this. There are people who are listening to this that I have made friends with because of it. And I can't think of anything better to come out of any experience than to have discourse, laughter and family. So thank you, Dr. Jay, for this wonderful podcast that came out of a horrific situation. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Wish you a wonderful new year and happy holidays and all the best. And next week we will talk about something probably just as complicated. (laughs) And I'm not going to say I'd rather not because I rather would. I rather would, yeah. I rather would because right back at you, this has been a lifesaver. This has been the amazing thing that I needed to get myself through this isolation to get myself through what has been the shitstorm of 2020 and I know that 2021 will be well as long as it includes the two of us it's going to be great hello dear listener this is Josephine of the future with Jay of the future. Hello. Which is a new addition because sadly, I think on this occasion, it was burned by 
bollocks <laughs> that unfortunately we have to include in this episode because we started to talk about ideas of this week and I took the opportunity to discuss my experience of growing up as trans and having this be one of the only trans people on TV and what it meant to me and what it meant to my coming out. So seeing what she just said about, of all people, Let's just call her Jesus fucking Karen. Yeah. We recorded this particular episode a little over a week ago. Today, Eddie Ezra decided to speak to the Daily Telegraph, which for those of you who don't know, is... They're the establishment, and let's just leave it from there. When I saw what she said in the paper today, I was intently disappointed by her support for J.K. Rowling, but also for exactly what she said about J.K. Rowling. It's not just that she said that she thought J.K. Rowling was not transphobic. That's actually just the headline. The line that is the one that's going to cause all the problems is this line. I think we need to look at the things she has written about in her blog. What, you mean that article that got nominated for a shitty award by the BBC because, you know, transphobia and hate speech, although transphobia has now been listed as properly hate speech by Ofcom. So hurrah, but... Boo sucks because the BBC has shown that hate speech gets nominated for awards. So, yay. Whatever the actual reason for all of this, it's deeply disappointing uh, on a very personal level, which this episode probably demonstrates. We felt that we needed to make at least a note as to what it was about. And so that's what this is, I suppose. Though this episode was supposed to be our jovial end of the year holiday special fun time. And how unfortunately, being trans means that there are times when you will all too regularly find that the people, the things, the art that you love may end up hating you. Yeah. And being of tremendous disappointment. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is true for many people in different situations. But yeah, this one hit me today. Yeah. You know what? I think this is the thing. I think we accept that certain people meant something to us in the past. We take that and accept that, that that was true then and honor that moment for ourselves and realize that the lessons we learned are now ours. They do not belong to Eddie or anyone else for that matter. Those people who found inspiration, those people who found moments of joy and those people who found moments of strength, those things came from within them, ultimately. They may have been inspired by someone, but they did come from the individual themselves. There's a um, wonderful game developer, Maddie Thorson, who made Celeste, who talks about this. They said to people that would come to them and say they really enjoyed Celeste and meant the world to them and helped them with whatever issues that they had, they would say, that came from inside you. I'm so glad this is part of it, but that's yours. And I really like that. Because that means that Idiots can't take anything away from that. Um, she can't by behaving this way. I will acknowledge it. I'll be sad. But I am very grateful for the people, artists that I'm coming across now who are demonstrating their quality, their ability to communicate. And for a little time, Idiots are definitely <laughs> occupied that position. Our heroes have to be accomplices with us. The people we look up to 
the people we start to admire, the people that we have admired for years have to be people that we see standing beside us. And people who are sitting in the grave thing going, well, I'm not actively saying anything against you. You're fucking not doing enough to remain on my hero list. You're not doing enough to be somebody who I look up to and admire and will cheer. If you're not actively standing for us, you're not a hero to me. You're not somebody who I'll support. You're not somebody who I will cheer from the sidelines. 